0: Uh, Let's just pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for your grace and your kindness to us. Uh, We thank you, Father God, that you've brought us together this morning to to hear from what you have to say to us, to encourage each other, to challenge each other, that we might grow closer to you and grow in in greater likeness to your son, Jesus. We pray for the children in Sunday school that uh, you would greatly... Uh, Bless them as they are nourished in your word. And we pray that each one of them would uh, come to a saving knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus. Father, help us now to uh, focus on what really matters. And uh, we pray that you would, by your spirit, be teaching and changing us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Money makes people... Insecure. Is that right? I'll just check my notes. Is that what I meant to say? Uh, yep, that's what I meant to say. Money makes people insecure. Uh, it doesn't quite sound right, does it, to say that? Because uh, we, we tend to think that money makes people secure, uh, not insecure. And there is a certain truth in saying that money makes people secure. I mean, I feel a little bit more secure when I see my pay go into my bank account each month. Um, I I never leave home and go downtown without a few dollars in my pocket, just in case I need some cash. And uh, when I go away on holidays, I make doubly and triply sure that I've got access to money if I'm going to need it. Are you like that? Yeah, I mean, there's a sense in which that's just being responsible and we know that uh, to have a bit of cash uh, does give that certain sort of sense of security. But can money make us truly secure? Uh, Our world teaches us that uh, the the more money we have, the more peace of mind we'll have, the more security that we have. So uh, during the week in my growth group, I talked to a few of our members. Uh, we've got... Uh, Rex and I are in this pretty interesting growth group. Meets on Wednesday mornings. And we've got, uh, uh, we've got Ray, who's a chartered accountant and has uh, managed his own professional accounting business all his life. We've got Elizabeth, who has uh, owned and uh, managed an investment consulting firm throughout her life. And these are people who've spent their lives advising people who've got lots of money how to manage their money. And so over decades of experience, working with people, getting to know them personally, uh, becoming friends with them, being mentors, what have they found? Well, they've found that money actually makes people insecure. Uh, The more a person has the more aware they are of how much they could lose. Uh, Every fluctuation in the economy, every bad day on the stock market means that they could be losing thousands of dollars. And so far from enjoying peace of mind, uh, they end up suffering from stress and anxiety. And what they actually feel is not security, but insecurity. Money makes people Insecure. Well, friends, in Matthew chapter 6, if you'd like to have that open in front of you, Jesus challenges the way that we think about money and security. And he does so in two ways. Uh, His first challenge is what we see in verses 19 through to 24, where he challenges us to have a different treasure, to have a different vision, and to have a different master. Um, Let's look at those three things separately. First of all, a different treasure. Have a look at verses 19 through to 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." What Jesus is saying there in verse 19 is quite literally he's saying, do not treasure up for yourself treasures on earth. And so he's talking about uh, money, certainly talking about money, but not just money. He's talking about the things which money can buy, the land, the houses, the cars, the furniture, the, all of the stuff that we can treasure up. Material earthly things. Now, as we've said, as I've said a couple of Sundays ago, there may be nothing wrong with those things, if, unless they're gotten by ill-gotten means. But what Jesus is saying is, don't treasure them. Don't give your life over to serving these things, because they're actually not very secure. They're insecure. Um, moths and rust uh, get in there and destroy them. We're seeing that in our building around us. It's deteriorating. Moth and rust destroy these things. Um, In the growth group the other day, someone told a story. And I've warned my growth group members that uh, anything they say in growth group can and will be held against them in a sermon. (laughs) And it was, uh, uh, I think it was, um, uh, who was it was saying it? It doesn't matter. Uh, Someone in the growth group was saying that they they had a friend who wanted to save up all of his money. But he was smart, he didn't trust the banks. So he didn't put it in the bank, he decided to store up all his money in his house. But he he didn't trust the thieves. He knows that thieves can break into your house and steal, so he didn't put it in a jar in his kitchen. Uh, Instead, he hid it in a cardboard box, which he stored in the roof of his house. Went up there one day to add some more cash into his treasure. What had happened to it all? The mice had eaten all his cash. (laughs) That's a good story. Thelma Moulton uh, is the one who shared that with me. But most people don't do that, but people do store up their wealth in stock exchange, don't they? How secure is the stock exchange these days? Well, I did a quick check. Uh, Just last month, September the 12th, $45 billion wiped off the value of Australian shares on one day. Uh, This month, October the 3rd, $37 billion slashed. Now, you know, these things might rebound the next day or over the next week, but how secure is it? It goes up and down like a yo-yo. So don't trust in treasures of this earth. They don't last. But more than that, we don't last either. As Job once said, naked I came from uh, my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. We all die. For a lot of people, their treasure... Uh, is their superannuation nest egg and what they're going to do in their retirement. And they're living for that, that life is somehow going to be more meaningful when they retire. We're on holidays at Southwest Rocks a few years ago, and you know Horseshoe Bay? You don't get much of a wave there, and I was kind of floating out there in Horseshoe Bay, and I got to talk to this guy who was floating alongside me. He was an old guy, uh, he was a few years off retirement, and he said, I come from the western suburbs of Sydney, come up here for holidays every year, you know. Love it, love it. And I said, I've got I've got two years to go and I'm going to retire. I'll cash in, all, get all my superannuation. I'm going to move up here and I'm going to buy a house and I'm going to spend all my days just in the mornings walking along the beach and floating here in the water at Horseshoe Bay and fishing and it's going to be fantastic. I almost said this to him but I didn't think about it at the time. I should have said to him, I've got a mate who lives here. He's a Presbyterian minister. He spends a lot of time conducting funerals. Because that's what happens. You store up and and we don't last either. But there are treasures that we should invest in. In verse 20, Jesus says, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Well, What does that mean? What are these treasures in heaven? Um, Paul helps us in 1 Timothy chapter 6. I wonder if you might just turn with me over to 1 Timothy chapter 6 for a moment, which you'll find on page 841 in the Pew Bibles. And in verses 17 through to 19, he's, he's, uh, he gives a command to people who are rich. And let's face it, friends, that uh, uh, living here in Australia, uh, we're not exactly poor, are we? Have a look at what he says in Verse 17. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. That's an important verse, isn't it? That God richly provides us everything for our enjoyment. We shouldn't despise material things. But he says in verse 18, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds And to be generous and willing to share. In this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So that they may take hold of life that is truly life. Wow. What are these treasures that we are to lay up in heaven? Well it's to be rich in good deeds. It's to be generous. It's to be willing to share. And that way, we're investing in treasures which are eternal, treasures which really matter to God. I don't know if I've told you this. There's a story about uh, the Christians in ancient Rome in the uh, first and second centuries. They didn't have uh, buildings like this to meet in uh, where uh, electrical power failures happen and, and erosion happens and so on. They met in caves. And uh, the Romans thought that the Christians met in caves because that's where they store they stored all of their riches. And there's a story that one day some Roman soldiers decided to rob the Christians. So they went into one of these caves, and they uh, they, they took hold of one of the elders of the church and said, "We demand that you tell us where your riches are." And he pointed to a corner in the cave where there were some widows and some orphans who were being cared for. And he said, over there, they're our riches, they're our treasures. That's a good point, isn't it? That is what we value. That is what we are to invest in, caring for people. And when we make decisions, I don't know what, you've, what sort of thinking processes you go through when you're making financial decisions, but um, when we make financial decisions, there's... There's often a trade-off, isn't there? Uh, Do we ask ourselves the question, what is the best investment that I could be making? Could I be investing in something which is going to be of more eternal worth than the thing which I'm about to pay money for? Um, Jesus said to invest in a different treasure. But we're not going to do that unless we've got a different vision. Have a look at what he says in verses 22 to 24. Uh, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Um, Jesus describes our eye as being like a lamp for the body. It lets the light in, it lets the vision in. Uh, The eye is the lens through which we see things. So if I have my glasses off, as I do now, uh, look out on you guys and, you know, you're pretty good looking, but but you're blurred. (laughs) I really can't see you very clearly at all. Uh, And and, and I think that's what he's saying here. Uh, Jesus is saying that if we look at life through the lens of this fallen world, uh, then we, we just don't see life clearly. We only see this earthly life. We don't see the eternal reality. In fact, Jesus goes further. He says that if our eyes are fixed on riches and earthly treasure, then our whole life is going to be dark and it's going to be earthly. And that's why we will invest in things which just don't really matter in terms of eternity. And so we need a, a different vision. And then in verse 24, we need a different master. Again, let me read that. No one can serve two masters; either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So, if you're a Christian, you are owned by God. Uh, he is your master. And guess what? Uh, you you can't serve two masters. Uh, you you can't serve both God and money. And the pursuit of money, when we pursue money, money becomes our master. Make no mistake about that. Uh, it, it determines how we will think, how we will behave, how we will live. You can't serve both. You can try. Some people do try to serve both God and money. Uh, they want to have their, um, <clears throat> their, 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 their Christian faith, uh, their heavenly hope and they want to have their earthly pleasures as well. And you, you can't do it. You, you know, something's going to give. It's like trying to walk in two different directions at the same time. Uh, ultimately, that'll tear you apart, and uh, you, you will not be following Christ. So invest in heavenly treasures. Now, in the next section of the passage, Jesus talks a lot about worry, Uh, Do you sometimes worry about money? Well, the big message in verses 24 to 34 is do not worry. Uh, You see it in verse 25. Do not worry about your life, about what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. In verse 31, he says the same thing. And then in verse 34, he says, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Now I guess we Aussies have got this habit of shrugging off difficulties and problems and saying, "No worries, mate, she'll be right." And sometimes that's a comforting thing, but often it's really it's not based on any solid good reason, is it? Well, Jesus gives us a good reason why we ought not to worry. Um, firstly, when we look at the world around us, the the uh, the immensity of the universe, the grandeur of the mountains, the Uh, the diversity of the animal kingdom, Uh, we can see that God is our creator. But here Jesus says that God is also our provider. Verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? God has given you your very life. God has given you your body. And if he's given you those things, do you, do you think he's not going to put food in your belly or clothes on your back? As I've been thinking about this passage during the week, I've had a fresh appreciation of the birds around Port Macquarie. We've got some great birds, don't we? You know, the, lorike- the, colorful, the, the lorikeets, aren't they? The colourful, the blue and red ones, the lorikeets and kookaburras and um, the, those those birds that downtown around those trees around dusk. Have you been down there and it's deafening, isn't it? It's incredible, incredible. And, and you look at birds and they're not lazy, are they? They're always flying around. They're always looking for food and pecking away at things and so on. They don't just wait for food to drop into their beaks. They work for it. But have you noticed how the whole world is literally a supermarket for them? The uh, food's there for them. They've just got to go and pick it up. Look at the birds, Jesus says, in verse, verse, uh, verse, 20, in verse 26. Look at the birds. Um, God provides for them. Or in verse 28 to 30, Jesus points to the lilies of the field. Uh, read verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labour or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Um, during the week in my quiet times I've been um, reading about Solomon and uh, reading a whole section of scripture which described Uh, how great Solomon's kingdom was and how magnificent the temple was that he built. And I don't know about you, when you're reading all the details about the temple, does it sort of go in one ear and out the other sometimes? You know, integrate descriptions of every single item that went into the temple and what it was made of and what was engraved on it and all that sort of business. And try reading that in your quiet time. Um, and thinking through, you know, what's the message that the Lord's got for me here today? So I'm reading that in the Old Testament, and then I flip over to the New Testament and read this passage, and uh, and Jesus says, "Look at the birds of, look at the lilies of the field. Not even Solomon in all his grandeur was dressed as one of these." And it's so true, isn't it? You look at a, a at a simple. Have you seen the flowers out there this morning? Have a check them out on your way out. Such uh, delicacy, such uh, such, such exquisite beauty that God dresses even just lilies of the field with. And yet Jesus says they're here today, tomorrow they're just used as fuel for the fire. Well, if God dresses the lily, why are we so worried about what we're going to wear? People get obsessed with their clothing, don't they? Designer labels and all this sort of business. And why worry about that? God's going to look after us. He feeds the birds of the field. He clothes the, the, the clothes the lilies. And and when we when we and we're so much more valuable than they are. And check out in verse 26, how does Jesus describe God? He calls God your heavenly father. Friends, do you believe that God loves you more than he does the birds and the lilies? Do you believe that God is your creator and your provider? Do you believe that he is your heavenly father? The one who loved you so much that he sent his own son Jesus on the cross? Then why worry? Why worry about what he's going to provide? And Jesus goes on to say in verse 27, you think worrying is going to add... Add anything to your life? Do you think you live longer if you worry more? No, the doctors say that in fact uh, it's the opposite. Prem can correct me on this. But uh, they say that uh, worry actually has a negative effect on your circulation, uh, on your heart and on your nervous system. So the more you worry, the shorter you're going to live. You can't add one hour to your life by worrying. But worse than that, friends, when we worry about our daily needs, it shows that we just haven't learnt the lesson from the birds and the lilies. We're not trusting that our Heavenly Father is ultimately our provider. Uh, Do you sometimes struggle with this? Uh, I know that there's times of testing for all of us. But take a look at what Jesus says in verses 31 to 33. Well, being a pagan. I mean, what a pagan there means someone who's actually not in a relationship with God. Imagine not knowing God, not having a personal friendship with your creator. What would life be like? What would you be pursuing in life? Well, I guess you'd be thinking, well, this, this life is all that there is. And so people run after and they pursue Uh, all the material things that they think that they need and the things that they want, the things that will add meaning to their lives. Pagans run after all of those things, but we know differently. We know that existence is not temporary, that it is eternal. And God's purpose for us is summed up in verse 33. In verse 33, that we should seek first his kingdom and his righteousness And all these things will be given to you as well. What is it we should be seeking after? God's kingdom. God's righteousness. What do you think it means to seek after God's kingdom? Well, doesn't it mean that we would want more people to to trust and love Jesus? To enter into his kingdom? What does it mean to seek first God's righteousness? Well, isn't that about obeying and honouring? God in our lives is that what you want for your life if so then sometimes you'll make decisions which don't make a whole lot of sense to people who do not know God but we don't look for security in the treasures of this world instead we will invest in the things which matter to God the spread of the gospel the salvation of non-Christians and the care and nurture of his people. Let's pray. (coughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can call you our Father, that you are not only our Creator, but you are our Provider and you are our Saviour. Father, we thank you that uh, you do provide all good things for our enjoyment. But we confess to you, Father God, that uh, sometimes we've maybe lived as if we're pagans, uh, living as if we believe that this earthly life is all that there is. Father, uh, grant that uh, we would have a uh, a different uh, different vision, uh, a different treasure and a different master, that we would put you first in all things, that we would seek the good of your kingdom, no matter what it may cost us, uh, trusting that you'll provide all that we need. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.